I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Krafchick, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey, Datables. Welcome to this week's episode of the Datable Podcast, where we want to ask why. Why are things happening the way they are in dating? And then how do we make dating better, right? You can only bitch and complain as much as you can. But if we're not taking action to make it better, then what's the point? Right. And we have the topic today. I feel like that is a perfect example of that. We love throwing the word red flag around. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like if we could get a dollar for every time someone said red flag, we'd be freaking stinking rich at this point. But Mm -hmm. I feel like where it comes from is good intent, like to warn us to not get ahead of ourselves, 
to make sure we're making the right choice. But then the way it's used is another story. So I'm really excited about this episode because I think, you know, the concept of red flags is important because sometimes we complain about being single, we complain about not being in a relationship. But I think the worst thing is to be in a bad relationship. So oftentimes, you know, we use the red flags to make sure that doesn't happen. So I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but there's always a line with everything. We're all jaded to a certain extent, especially if you've been dating for a while. Maybe you've just gotten in and out of relationships. It's very draining and you don't want to repeat the same mistakes. That yes. is very understandable. But sometimes we almost overcorrect. And then so we you know, say things like, well, he never put the dishes away. So such a red flag if I find someone else who never puts the dishes away. And it, we're misusing how we identify patterns versus actually finding excuses. There is a huge mm -hmm. difference here. And so we thought it was very important to bring you all an episode where we distinguish red flags from annoyances, from yeah. <laughs> warning signs, from deal breakers that are all grouped together, but we should really differentiate them so that we don't overcorrect in our dating lives. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with red flags, especially, it does kind of put you in this, you know, critiquing perspective. Yeah. If you're always on mm -hmm. the search, we like the term, you know, capture the red flag. It's like yeah. you're playing the childhood game of how do we find as many red flags as possible? Of course, that was not the yes. childhood game, but that's the rendition <laughs> of current day. <laughs> you were actually trying to bring the flag to the other side back then. But in yeah. current dating, it sometimes feels like you are just on that relentless search for the red flag. And I think that energy is not ideal at all. Like it's just gonna make people, you know, feel the scrutiny at the end of the day. And I love the guest that we have today, Janice, not to be confused with our moderator of Love of the Time. <laughs> we love her too. We love her too, but this is not her episode. But I think Janice is actually a perfect person to talk about this because we'll go into the whole thing in the episode but she kind of overlooks some pretty serious red flags for a relationship but then also hasn't gone the full extreme to just think that everything's a red flag so mm -hmm. you know we're gonna keep saying this but it's like it's we're not saying that like you should never look for the warning signs but also just always being on this endless search for them is gonna make you find things no matter how great this person is there's always gonna be something if we look hard enough for it too right and this is all a learning experience. When we're finding red flags, don't think, oh, I overlook these. It's not so much about overlooking. It's like, okay, what can I learn this time around so that I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for these things, but now I just intuitively know this is bad for me. I think mm -hmm. we beat ourselves up for overlooking those earlier signs. It happens to the best of us when we're so into someone, we, when we have a crush, when we are so invested in someone, there are things we're going to overlook. And that is part of feelings, chemistry, call it love, if you will. And that is okay. We just need to forgive ourselves for that. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's not even overlooking them. Sometimes just with time, different things yeah. come out. It's called getting to know a person. Yes. And I think we forget too, that if we do make a decision to go down a path with someone, it's not that like we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it 
is a continuous cycle. Like if you see a lot of red flags that end up being deal breakers, it's not that you could never leave this relationship after you've defined the relationship. So it's some of it is just taking a chance to some degree, but also as things unravel themselves, seeing what is good for you as a person. I think so many times we want to be in a relationship, but ultimately we have to put ourselves first a lot of the times in this too, is do I feel good around, around this person? Do I feel good about myself? Is this relationship feel healthy in the sense that we're both contributing and working for the the better of the relationship? These are all questions that like continuously come up at all stages. Sure does. So you polled our group about red flags? Yeah, I was gonna say, I want to read some of the answers to the question. So I love polling our Facebook group for these types of episodes because, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times we do see people say like, this is a red flag, that's a red flag. But getting it all in one area is really helpful. And I think I want to pull a few of the ones that came in and maybe kind of we can expand on them a little more and Mm -hmm. get the take of like how much of a red flag this is. And we go into all the definitions later in the episode, but like UA alluded to, like what's a red flag versus annoyance versus a complete deal breaker? There is a difference on all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first one we got in was, you'll you'll laugh at this because I feel like we hear this a lot, Trump supporter. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, this one irks me a little bit because it just groups so many people into one thing. And then you, by saying this, you're also saying all non-Trump supporters are good, which is definitely not the truth. There are definitely a lot of serial right. killers who are who don't support <laughs> Trump. So let's just, these generalizations are, they don't affect us personally. I think the more, if it affects you personally, for example, someone who is um, demeaning to women, now that's a red flag. But Mm -hmm. a Trump supporter doesn't necessarily denote that. I think we're just grouping so many characteristics into one generalization. Do you think in like 20 years, we're still going to be saying Trump supporter? I feel like of all presidency, he will never lose that connotation. Right? Or in 20 years... Yeah, maybe he goes down in history as the most polarizing president. But yeah, I think it definitely could be true. But it's like, again, we've we've interviewed actual couples on this show who are of opposing political stance, and they are fully in love and they have really healthy arguments. So right. uh, yeah, not a red flag. I hate Trump. I'm not going to like defend him in any yeah. way. But I also don't think it's him. a red flag. I think it's an incompatibility. And like you said, there's a lot of nuance, like, is this an incompatibility that you can deal with or not? And like, that's fine to say, I don't, I'm not going to be compatible with someone. Like, let's say you really, like we did hear even from last week with um, Michael K from OkCupid that, you know, political affiliation is a big deal. And I'm not doubting that either, but I don't think it's a red flag. I think that's, again, the misuse of the word red flag. Red flag is a pause that like there might be reason that this can't be a healthy relationship. And I do think this is more nuanced. Okay. People who say they have a bitch ex-wife or complain about exes, they tend to be the problem. Mm, I 
Okay, not a red flag. Definitely a warning sign. It's a warning sign. I think it's a warning sign and for for someone to to be more curious about why someone would speak so poorly of their ex. Uh, sometimes it could denote that the relationship is too fresh. Sometimes it yeah. could denote that someone invites drama into their life. Sometimes it could just mean that they were treated very poorly by their ex. Again, can't generalize. I don't think it's a red flag. It's more just cause for curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something to take note of, especially mm-hmm. if they're constantly saying that everyone is at fault. I think that's different. Like if it seems like they're the only person that didn't do wrong, no accountability is a red flag in my book. But I yeah. agree with you, just one person, while it's not a good sign by any means that they don't like their ex and are on bad terms with them, I don't know if it's enough information. I would say also yeah. more data needed. Yep. Okay. There's another one that I think I would agree with is lack of self-awareness, blaming others for all their problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a red flag. Like I think when I've heard of situations that friends have been in that are less than ideal, that are borderline abusive relationships is no accountability. Everything is the other person's fault. That to me is a sign that you cannot like coexist as a partnership. That to Mm -hmm. me is a true sign of a red flag and ultimately a deal breaker. I agree. It's like they're so narrow minded that they can't see other people's sides and they probably will gaslight you into thinking you're the one that's wrong you're the one that's doing all the bad things so yeah that's a major red flag okay people who are quick to say all men are all women and say they're the nice guy in a bitter way huh such it's a tricky one a trick question it's not a red flag in my mind it makes someone definitely unattractive to me so i may not pursue that anymore but i wouldn't be like "Ooh, i really like you but that's a major red flag i think i would just not even like them in the first place yeah they would come off very bitter i think yeah. that's what it comes off you know we talk to a lot of daters that do this and i don't think they're like deeply flawed bad people i honestly think a lot of times they're just not even aware that they're doing it yeah but your, vo- your vocabulary does matter and people do listen so I agree. This isn't necessarily like a red flag. I would say call them in with it and then mm-hmm. see how they react. And that will give you a cue into is this a red flag or not? Yep. Okay. Not having their own friend network. They don't need to be a social butterfly, but at least a couple of solid friendships. Do they have another support network? Again, I'm curious to know. Sometimes I think it's refreshing when someone just has another alternative support system. They're like, I may not have your traditional friends, but I have this network that supports me. So I just be more curious about that. I don't think this is a red flag at all. And I'm someone that is super social and for years thought it might have been, but I currently yeah. do not believe this. I think also heter- like hetero men and women are very different with relationships. I've seen this in my past boyfriends. I've seen this in my friends' partners. Sometimes it's just like the ability to upkeep personal relationships and how deep they go is there's like an SNL skit of like bringing your your boyfriend to the dog park, basically mm-hmm. the man park to like meet other male friends because they just do not socialize the same way as women do. And the ease of making friends tends to be different. I think there's so many factors too. As you get older, a lot of times people like move into different life stages with, you know, friends that have now had children or moved away. Like there's so many different reasons for not having a friend network. Maybe if they've had zero friends in their entire life. But even that, I would say like get curious. But I think judging on like current day of who they 
know in their current city. Like, I think there's more to that story. And I would look at it more like, are they able to be social with your friends? Like, are they able to Mm -hmm. carry on conversations with coworkers? And do they have family network? Like you were saying, what does that look like outside of just friends? So yeah, I don't think it's a red flag. I think, again, it's just things to ask more about, have conversations, not in a judgmental way, but just trying to get to know them better. For sure. Okay. Last one. Last one. So let me pick a good one. Love bombing, gaslighting, and wanting to meet after one or two exchange sentences. That's like 5,000 things in one. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's all fucking relative. Love bombing to you could mean something very normal for someone else. Gaslighting, I'm... Did we say cat was gaslighting? Gaslighting, yeah. Yeah, gaslighting. I mean, that's like... It's just we're throwing around all these words. I what this what this comment means to me is that you haven't really had the conversation about what you're looking for and what your expectations are. So if you don't communicate your needs, of course, someone can love bomb you, gaslight you. They can do all the wrong things. I think the wanting to meet after one or two exchange sentences is interesting, too, because it's like. I think everyone just has different rules of what they think works, especially when it comes to dating apps. You know, I agree. I'm not going to say like it wasn't off-putting when I would just start talking to someone. All of a sudden, they're like, do you want to meet up without getting to know me at all? Because it kind of feels like they're just doing that to everyone. But at the same time, I don't know if I'd say it's a red flag because they might just think like, I need to get off the app. You really have no idea what they're doing with anyone else. So Yeah. yeah, I would also say it's not a red flag. Maybe you could say like, hey, like, let's put up a boundary of like, hey, I would like to chat a little more before we meet up. Then you see how they react to that boundary. That's could be telling if it's a red flag or not. I think the word gaslighting is so interesting to me. I feel like it get, it's the number one most overused. That in yeah. narcissism. And, and I'm not, again, saying that like someone get like the true definition of gaslighting of like someone basically telling you you're wrong or you don't feel the things that you feel. Like, I do think that is a red flag. Like, I think if someone is putting words in your mouth or diminishing your emotions, huge red flag of not being able to have mm-hmm. a healthy relationship with them. But we overuse this word so much. And I almost feel like it diminishes what actual gaslighting is because people just throw that up all the time for everything. Yeah. This is what's so fucked up about our dating culture is that the dating industry is fucked up. We're getting conflicting (laughs) dating advice and we're getting conflicting dating advice from our peers and our friends too. So people don't know what to do or what to expect. So then we create these parameters of how other people should act around us and we don't communicate them. And then the dating industry loves throwing these trendy words in. So then you're like, oh, wait, that's what they're doing. They're gaslighting me. Oh, oh, wait, that's what they're doing. They're love bombing me because you're just trying to find words around why your needs haven't been met. So end of the day, who cares what these terms are? You, If you are not setting the other person up for success by communicating your needs and your boundaries, you're doing yourself and them a disservice. And let's not use all these trendy words because this industry loves coming up with bullshit trendy words every quarter. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And I think... I would rather us flip the conversation to green flags. And I know it's not as sexy. Like if you do a Google search (laughs) for red flags versus green flags or an Instagram hashtag, you get like a fraction of the result. Yeah. But if you could say like my green flags are someone that, you know, respects my feelings or Mm -hmm. they see and hear me when I'm have a differing opinion.
opinion, the more specific we can get too. And then if they don't meet that, then it's sign to let them go. Instead of looking for like the things that are bad, what if we looked for the things that are good? And if someone's not coming up and meeting your standards with it, then it's time to move on. I feel like that's just such a more positive way to go about interacting with people because you're really trying to like, you know, look for the good in it. When they reveal themselves, if they are to reveal themselves not in that way, then you just take action accordingly. Right. Absolutely. This is why we really need to get get into this episode because there's so much more meat <laughs> to this. And it's, uh, it's yes. good that we break it down and also use real life examples. Totally. We could definitely save all of this for the episode. Before we get into the episode, just a reminder that the the 22 day dating app challenge is now live. There was a glitch of the website the very first day, but we did resolve it and it is currently live and ready to go. People are already in the challenge, actively going through the different days. So if you want to make the most out of this this peak dating season, which is around Halloween through Thanksgiving, get on the challenge now. Again, that's findingyourperson.com slash apps. And you can sign up today. And this will be up until the end of October. So if you're thinking about it, you know, today's the day. Why not start now? Okay. Before we get into it, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the One Love Foundation. The numbers of people affected by relationship abuse are startling. Abusive relationships rarely start with physical abuse. Instead, there are often red flags like manipulation, isolation, belittling, and volatility. Do you know the signs? One Love Foundation, a national nonprofit dedicated to ending relationship abuse, empowers you to see the signs of an unhealthy relationship before things go too far. Visit joinonelove.org and learn to spot the signs of unhealthy and healthy relationship behaviors. This episode is sponsored by the book A Ghost in Shining Armor by Therese Bahari. In this spellbinding romantic comedy from this acclaimed author, a woman with a supernatural talent is haunted by one persistent spirit and a seductive, impossible love. Ooh, sounds spooky and romantic just in time for Halloween. Once haunted, Gemma Daniels has never quite been the down-to-earth woman her adoptive parents raised her to be. She even has a unique gift. She can see ghosts and she likes helping them settle their unfinished business. But the hotter than hot stranger she impulsively kisses on a bet is not only a phantom, he's determined to help her. And the only way Gemma can explain his presence is to pretend they're a real-life couple. So who is the sexy phantom? Meet Levi Walker. He lived and died to save his sister. Now he's got a second chance at life if he assists Gemma in reuniting with her own long-lost sibling, but then never sees Gemma again. But as he starts to enjoy her personality, he's finding it hard to abide by any rules at all. Now Gemma's thrilled to be getting to know her sister but she's falling for a ghost with a dilemma. To fix their mistakes, Gemma and Levi must risk being real with themselves and each other. Find out more about the book A Ghost in Shining Armor at kensingtonbooks.com or wherever books are sold. Okay, let's hear it from Janice all about red flags. (music) 
So we've got our guest with us today. Initially, we want to talk about dating as a female entrepreneur, which is still part of the story. But I think deeper than that is how do you date in the most efficient, effective way without writing people off, right? So who is Janice? She's 34 years old, based in LA, originally from Dallas. She's single and actively going on dates, and she's dating someone but haven't defined the relationship. Welcome to our show, Janice. Hello, hello. Yes, we're so excited to have you. And this is such a hot topic. So it is the perfect one for us to go into. (laughs) Just a little backstory about you. And we'll make this pretty quick. So you were engaged last year and decided to end it. What happened at the end of that engagement that made you say, nope, not going to happen? So without revealing too much, I still kind of want to protect that person's reputation. Of course. But it was happening too frequently. For example, like some lower emotional intelligence actions, like the very basic example, silent treatment, stonewalling. These are things I actually never really experienced before in my life. And I was experiencing with my ex-fiance. And uh, that was really scary. And then also the verbal abuse, a lot of temper issues. And yeah. So was this stuff like apparent through the whole relationship? Or what did it take to the end to see it? The very beginning, obviously, there were some signs, but not directly at that. So for example, the stonewalling or like silent treatment in the beginning of dating, you're not really going to see that unless you get into a huge fight Mm. or um, a disagreement. And we have that. But I did notice some like maybe emotional unavailability. But I was like, maybe I'm like looking too much into it. I should just overlook it. Mm -hmm. And you can learn a lot from how they talk about their family, how they interact with their parents, siblings and things like that. Just how they deal with their close circle. I did see some avoidant actions. But again, I was like, oh, he's not like that with me. So it must not be a problem. Mm. But then throughout their relationship here and there, there were times where I was given small periods of silent treatment. But I'm the type that's very like straightforward. And so if he's silent, I don't think about like, oh, is he so walling me? I just think about, oh, maybe he doesn't want to talk. Mm. And a few hours later, let me go approach him. And I don't mind being the first one to be like, hey, what's wrong? Let's talk about what happened earlier and be neutral. But I think later on, the issue was that he was probably just like, this is how I am. But he actually said that to me. He said, mm. this is how I am. You have get used to it. And I was like, I am not gonna get used to this. You know, we're always growing and learning from each other and just surroundings by us. And I don't think that was a fair thing to say. So I left. Well, I think that's what many of us struggle with in a relationship is there's this growth period and there are growing pains and you're getting to know each other because you're a mere strangers trying to do life together. And then there's a line that's drawn between that and mm-hmm. I no longer stand for this type of behavior. So do you remember the moment when you said, I'm drawing the line here because I can't live with this forever. Like Julie said, we were engaged and I was trying to have a baby and we were both trying. And that's when I was like, I don't think I'm really down Mm. for this. These are signs of a good father. Uh. I was just like, I don't think I want to bring a child into this world with this man. And that was enough for me to walk away. I still loved him very much, Mm -hmm. but that was enough for me to just leave. I think it's interesting that you brought this up is that like when we meet someone and we fall in love with them, we want to see the best in them. And I think on a lot of these situations, situations where there are some of these red flags. And in the true definition of red flags, it's basically things that would prevent a healthy relationship from forming. And I think what you did say are actual red flags. I think the word red flag gets thrown around (laughs) way too much. Mm -hmm. But what you said actually were red flags. But I can also see why you would say like, okay, he's not like this with me. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe he is 
is like that, but there's all these other really good things that like overcorrect that type of thing. You know, were there any times that you did take a step back until that breaking point, like when you were trying to have a child and say like, is this the right relationship for me? Or did you not really question it? It all didn't really show up all that much until the very end, when it was after the engagement. Before we got engaged, everything was still very contained. And I was like, oh, you know, he does have a little temper, but it's never at me. And then afterwards, he just processes it. And then you just need to give him time and it's fine. Because this is the thing, right? No one's perfect. And I think we all come from somewhere that we're working on how to deal with ourselves and our emotions. So I just felt like, okay, now he's learning to deal with it. And I know how our dynamics are, then it's okay. And that's the thing too, is when a man is, I think, under stress, that's when you can really tell his emotional intelligence and what level he's at. If he's still grounded or if he's all over the place and taking it on you and, you know, that kind of stuff. How long were you two together for? Uh, a year and a half, almost two years. And then engagement for how long? Three months, three, four months. Okay. So things really came out in the engagement period. Right after, right after. It was very quick. And I think what pushed me over was when he's how I am, you just have to get used to it. Uh-huh. Right. Because you said it earlier, no one's perfect. And I'm not saying that's like justify bad behavior, mm-hmm. but that is the fact. You would probably find a red flag with everyone, like all three of us included. But the question is like, are you no, going to... No, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's a red flag. Yeah, exactly. That's a red flag when you think you're perfect and have no red flags. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, if you're willing to work on it, like, does that justify it? I guess, like, you know, you said that you saw a few signs of like temper. Was there anything else that like early on you noticed and was like, hmm, this is interesting? Every time that we disagreed on something or he was unhappy about something or something I said that was not directed at him, but he felt sensitive towards, mm. then, you know, obviously he goes cold for a bit and then he would probably like talk to someone else. Talk to someone else like a friend or family member? No, like an interested person or something. Oh, seek attention elsewhere. Yes, yes. I totally understand. I had a friend who went through this. When there was turmoil in the relationship, he went outside of the relationship to look for comfort because those are surface level relationships and they haven't even dealt with these things yet. So it was more comforting for him to talk to a stranger and flirt with her and get comfort from her. Yes. Okay. So it's almost like drug addicts, right? They go chase that and just to feel a little bit better, they come back. and But they're not really understanding that the actual problem is how to deal with the issue themselves. And so they're like vicious cycle over and over. So it sounds like from this relationship, you know, you met someone awesome, riding the high of love, overlook some things. And then later you're like, okay, this is not going to be good for me in a relationship. (laughs) How does that change the way you're dating now? Because, you know, we can imagine you'd be cautious, Mm -hmm. wouldn't want this to happen again. Like, what do you see showing up in your dating life current day? It's so funny, Julie, the way you put it was exactly how I <laughs> I am very straightforward and I do everything with my whole heart so that's why the relationship went the way that it went mm-hmm. and I think I was, I'm gonna get engaged and then yeah let's have a baby and then when things happened then I was also the same way right I don't want to deal with this I'm gonna leave mm. and now I think I mean it's been like a year and some months now so I think I've matured a lot in how I see people when I first meet them I don't really let all the 
good things and all the sweetness and, you know, all the kind hearted words, whatever. Like, I don't let all that to blind me anymore, I would say. I kind of really listen. And I and I suggest everyone to do that, too. You guys probably, I mean, you guys are experts, so you do it all the time. If you listen to them, not analyzing, but just really listen mm-hmm. instead of when we're having a conversation, most of the time people are thinking about, oh, how do I respond to him? Yeah. What am I going to say next? But you're not really listening. Mm-hmm. But if you're really listening to them, you would be able to tell what kind of person he is, how he grew up, his background and his personality, his emotional intelligence, the way he uses his words. If a man says, I feel a lot or I know a lot or I think a lot. Mm. Yeah. And when they're answering your questions about a certain situation that's not directed at them, for example, you're telling them a situation about like family or something and they would say, oh, all they wanted at the time was trust or blah, blah, blah. If they were in that situation, that's how they would feel. Yeah. So a lot of Mm. times you don't have be so direct at how would you feel if you were in this situation but you know yeah and just for the record I know we're talking about this in a hetero perspective and you date men so you're saying that but anyone could have red flags and anyone I think these tips are good for so I just want to put that out like as we get to do this convo that's the tone but not because it's directed at one group yes men and women are equally red flag ridden (laughs) (laughs) no discrimination for red flags there we go it's a good point, though, because in initial dating, we're so concerned with getting the other person to like us back that we forget to see them for who they are. And people yes. are quite honest with who they are. We just don't listen to them. Or we don't want to see it. Well, that too. And that's kind of on you. That's another set of issues. And a technique uh, these couples counselors would do is they would, if you go into couples counseling, they would give you a hypothetical situation, a problem, and have you solve it together just to see it's not about your problem, but they want to see how you would react in those situations. So I think that is a good gauge in the beginning of a relationship is hearing how they would maybe solve some of the other problems. But then when do we overcorrect for looking for only red flags that we forget to see this person for the goodness that they are? Like Janice, you said, if they say nice things to you, you're like, I'm mm -mm, I'm not going to be blinded (laughs) by that. Uh -uh, I'm not going to be listening to that. Do you find yourself being that way, that you're kind of overlooking the goodness in people now? No, not at all. So I am like overly excited and happy for people when I meet them too. I always see the good and the potential in them. Mm-hmm. But I think now I kind of just pull back. I'm more neutral now. That's good. And that's the thing too. I want to keep the ability to see the good in me yeah. with people. I'm not owing it to myself too. Because nobody, like I always say, no one is here to pay for your ex's debt or anything. So you need oh, to clear that. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah. I think it's a good quality too that we wouldn't want you to lose and other people out there. I mean, I have a friend that, you know, I admire just how headfirst she dives into things. Mm. And like, you think I'm a romantic? Like, this person makes me look like I'm the biggest cynic in the world. Mm. I think I know who you're talking about. Mutual friend of UAs and I, but sometimes I do question like, are you diving so fast that you're missing red flags? How do you kind of balance the two? Because also red flags is subjective. Mm-hmm. Like I think we do toss the word around a lot. The definition of, you know, the ability to have a healthy relationship, some people will say like, they didn't text me for an hour, red flag, or, mm-hmm. you know, this person like just broke up with someone 
someone a month ago, red flag, or they've never been in a relationship before, red flag. Like people are just tossing this out left and right. Like how do we differentiate between what is actually detrimental to a relationship versus just something that maybe is a quirk. It's an annoyance. Annoyance, yeah. Yeah. A yellow flag, maybe. I think it's different for everyone. It's really what they need. And I also say this a lot, too. It's kind of like the elements, like chemistry. If you are one element, this other person is another element, that may be toxic to something else, but combined with you, that could not be it, you know? Mm. So I think it's subjective, like you said, the example of if the person doesn't text back in an hour. You know, back then, if I didn't text my ex-fiance back in like maybe an hour and a half, two hours, he would be like, where were you? What are you doing? Mm. And at first I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. Maybe he just really likes me. He does. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) But then later I was like, okay, I think it's a little bit of anxiety of insecurity, kind of like a baby that woke up and not cannot find his blanket or something and just wanted comfort. I think, but some people love that and they feel secure in that and Mm -hmm. that it's different. I think for me, how do I spot that? I don't go on dates looking for red flags because if I do that and I keep my eyes and ears open for that, Because then you're kind of like guarded and you're in this like full analyzing mode. You're like an investigating mode. So I still have fun. I'm still open. I actually want to look for what I came here to look for. Does he have certain qualities that I like? But it's not really to look at red flags. And if they do something or say something repeatedly that I am not really into in a relationship that, you know, if the frequency of it comes up then more like red flags. Maybe we should define what a red flag is. What's the difference between a red flag, a deal breaker, or an opportunity for improvement? What is the difference here? How are we using it? I mean, I'm curious what your definitions are and then we could reveal like the actual definition because I think everyone has a different definition. (laughs) You, when you said deal breaker, I think deal breaker is someone who's just full of themselves and not aware. They don't have the self-awareness. I think that for me is a definite deal breaker. I don't even think about it twice. Someone that only sees their view, their perspective, and not have empathy for people around them. Yeah, I'm aligned with that. It's like a deal breaker is something that you can't even work on. I think a red flag (laughs) is an opportunity to work Mm -hmm. on things. But a deal breaker, like what you were saying with the verbal abuse, to me, that's a deal breaker. That's intentionally hurting someone. Right. That's no longer a red flag, right? Am I wrong in that? I agree. (laughs) The part that's hard, though, and this is kind of what Janice, you were saying, is a lot of times this takes time until you're more comfortable, until you're more established. I mean, we obviously don't know your ex-fiance, but I wonder if there's this feeling of like, oh, we're engaged now. It's now secure. I can like Mm. do this stuff. She's not going anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. He said, this is the real me. Supposedly when he's out, he like puts on a facade, like he's nice, he's whatever, he's very distant. So then now that we're engaged, I am part of him and his circle. And this is how he is. And I was just like, I felt so bad at the time. I didn't like fight back or anything. I was just like, isn't it so tiring living the way that you live? But this is when they can't even open up to themselves. We, we really try to work on things and some things just can't be resolved. What did you try to work on? How did you try to work on things? He actually went to a, a therapist, like a psychologist. But after a few sessions, guess what? He came back and he was like, you know what? I looked him up. He didn't go to like, you know, I mean, my ex-fiance went to like a very great educational institutions, but he was just like, oh, the psychologist didn't really go to a good school. Uh, <laughs> it was like an excuse to leave, basically. 
guess. It's interesting because there's a lot of definitions on the internet about what red flags are. I like this one. That's red flags are behaviors that give you serious pause or should give you serious pause that could indicate a larger pattern Hmm. that makes an unhealthy relationship. And I think that actually like, you know, what you were saying is the anger issues, the not being able to, you know, admit that like they're wrong and stuff like that. Those are more red flags. And then ultimately what you saw became the deal breaker, hence that you left. Mm -hmm. The part that I think is important for people to remember, while I see why people love the term red flag, I see why people want to be constantly looking for them because it's a protection mechanism. And it should be like, we don't want to go into bad situations. But I think the word serious is important. Mm -hmm. I kid you not, I've heard people say that like when someone texts the wrong tense of there, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. So there's like all sorts of things, you know, that people just wildly misuse this word. And Mm -hmm. I'd love people to walk away with serious pause. It doesn't mean that that can't irk you or it can't be something that makes you question things. But I feel like that's not a red flag, at least in my opinion and definition. No, that makes so much sense. Totally. Because I think we talked about this, right? It's not like the guy shows up with like two different socks color. Then that's a red flag. (laughs) But people say that, though. People say stuff like that all the time, I feel like. If it threatens your long term relationship, status or the ability to work on it, then I think, yeah, you're right. Then that's that's total red flag. Yeah, like your well-being. I feel like that's how I would look at it. And this capture the red flag game can be really fun. If you go on this hunt, <laughs> then you have so much to report back. And like you were saying, like there's red flags on everybody. And then you just come back and report to your friends. Oh, my God, there were so many red flags. People say that to me all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, I, there's like my red flags. They I work too much. Right. But they don't really know my work schedule, though. Like I work a few hours a day. They're just at different hours. So sometimes if I'm working at 7 p.m., maybe I started at 6 and I end at 8. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of different things, different people. I think I would also say back to the definition of serious threat to your <laughs> like well-being and relationship is working too much. Maybe that's an incompatibility. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a red flag. Yes. I think sometimes people will say that just to like justify why something's not working out or justify not putting their all into something. But I do think there's two separate issues here. There's the people that maybe like are playing capture the red flag, wanting to find all the red flags. And then maybe like your situation, Janice, before current day of not seeing them for what they are. Yeah, totally. I think I totally missed a lot of it. And I also saw the part that he wanted to, he he was willing to work on And so that's why I stayed and I was there and I was like, you know, and even though that happened to me before, I still feel that way until now. I think people who are willing to work on some of their, you know, say negative behaviors that are not too detrimental, I think the two partners can work on it together. And I don't think that's a codependent thing. You are also there to remind him or her, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's fine. But it wasn't until when he wasn't willing to work on it. Mm -hmm. You know, no one can help you if you don't want to help yourself. And we always say the recipe for a healthy relationship is when both people make the effort and walk towards each other. If one person pieces out and says, 
You said yes to me. You chose me. So why do I have to change? That's when you have a major red flag. The other dimension of red flags is that red flags can come out of what you think is good behavior too. And an example is, I've given this example before. I was dating this guy who would plan out every date on an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, oh my Mm. God, this guy is such a planner. And he would plan Ah. every hour. He would know exactly where we're eating and what time we're getting the car, Mm -hmm. all of that. But this became a control issue later in our relationship where none of my opinions mattered. Oh, can we have Japanese tonight? No, I already planned out the night. So that that was a red flag that came out of good dating behavior. So I think, or, you know, so-called good dating behavior. So I think it dwindles down to this. Red flags are things that make you feel not the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So in your example of someone saying, oh, she works too much as a red flag, that's not the red flag. The red flag is, are you making them feel like you're abandoning them? Are you making them feel like they're less of a priority? That's a red flag to communicate, right? That's true. I think what it's coming down is people don't know how to articulate what their needs are in a relationship. So they go to, oh, you work too much. Instead of like, maybe this isn't even true from what you're saying because you just have a different (laughs) work schedule. But there's probably a deep fear of abandonment or not feeling needed within them that they're just unwilling to look at and have a conversation with you. I personally think the problem with the red flag hunt and like the capture the red flag game is that it basically allows us to peace out without having any conversations. Mm-hmm. It justifies leaving. This person could have easily said to you, Janice, like, tell me about your work schedule. Like, how do you mm-hmm. balance having interpersonal relationships? But the quicker thing to do, the easier thing to do was, oh, red flag. Yes. I remember he said that was a red flag. Who works during dinner hours? And then he said, said to his friends probably went on another date but I was working you know so so mm. I didn't even want to argue or justify anything to that person but like you said they capture that or they think it's an incompatibility but they don't communicate it right and work on it with you they just say it's a red flag say some things and then they leave I think you also have to remember like I remember doing the same thing I would work through dinner time but now that I have a partner we eat dinner together so I have to plan it more it doesn't mean that like you're incapable of doing it it's just whatever life stage you're in so I totally agree with you it's like just like have the conversation I think personally for people that are finding red flags or I'd say yellow flags because they're not really red flags I would say instead of calling them a red flag or even a yellow flag let's refrain from any of this how about it's a pause it's a curiosity Mm -hmm. factor how do I ask another question that will let me understand this person a little more I think that's a better approach for these things that aren't these major you know issues that are going to get in the way of a long-term healthy relationship and your overall wellness. Yeah, no, that's so true too. And nowadays, I think people are living in their own world, even though we're like intersecting and interacting with everyone. But at the same time, we're still living our own nuclear world, our behaviors, habits, everything. So if you don't communicate that, you don't voice it, and you're trying to partner with someone, even in business, it's not going to work. Okay, so let's take this to the real world, because I'm sure our listeners are like, (laughs) okay, I want to stop hunting for red flags. But next time I feel like I see a red flag, what do I do? So let's take the example of, oh, he hasn't texted me back in an hour and a half. To me, that's a red flag. What do I do now? Is it you? To me? Yeah, an hour and a half. Oh, man, I got to remember back. Uh, depends on how much I like this person. I think if I really like them, uh-huh. to me, it would have driven me crazy. It would have caused a lot of anxiety in my body. So yes, at that time, I think I would have been like, oh, red flag. 
Aww. Right. But again, is that a red flag because they're doing something wrong or is it just your reaction to it? It's and that's a reaction. Think, that's what I think mm. we're saying is like, in my opinion, there's like two tiers of red flags, these like insignificant ones. And I love this hypothetical of like, what do we do when we hit these insignificant ones? So what do we do in this scenario? If this was an issue, I would probably approach them the next time we talk in person, not through text or phone call, but in person, just like, you know, like if you just kind of see their work schedule and do you see, they just see my text and they're like, yeah, I kind of just left it. You know, to be honest, I'm a bad person to ask this question because I think an hour and a half is really fast. I don't, I usually text. (laughs) (laughs) But that goes to show you everyone thinks about it differently, right? Yes. That's a perfect living proof of that. Yes. So I'd be on the other side, right? The other the guy will come to me and ask me if I saw his text. <laughs> I would say sometimes I'm doing whatever or I'm in a meeting. And if he says, next time if you see it, that's my ex-fiance. He said, next time you see it, can you just respond to me? Let me know your schedule. Let me know if you're going yeah, in. Yeah. I'm aware that that's what you're doing. And I did do that. So it's not like, you know, they don't know what you're doing and you kind of just leave them hanging. That's a little irresponsible too, because like you said, I guess you guys were dating seriously, but like dating initially in the beginning, I think, you know, I don't really think they have to respond. I think you bring up a good point, Janice. It's what is the intention of this? Are they leaving you hanging to get control? That could actually like signifying something larger in the red flag world that actually could be bad for a healthy relationship. Are they leaving you on red because they're genuinely busy and they intend to get back to you right away? Or maybe they're not much of a texter. Like there's so many reasons. I think having the invitation to tell people this is how I like to communicate with partners. You know, I had this happen in my current relationship that I shared with my partner, like, hey, this is my one thing. Like, this is the thing Mm -hmm. that really makes me feel insecure. And I'm not saying you're doing it, but just in general, like, this has been the one thing. And he now knew that info and could work with it. And then you get to see, does someone rise to the top and they're gonna actually want to make, like, a good partner wants to make you happy, right? Yes. So if there's someone that is gonna rise to the top and be like, okay, I know this is like a thing for them. I'm going to be extra conscious to reply back right away. Or what if someone dismisses you completely and they're just like, that's ridiculous. That says so much about how that person's going to be a future partner. So I think all these little things just open the convo to see the real red flag, in my opinion. Right. And like you said, if the person is not that big of a texter, then what is he? Can he reach out through phone calls or even voice like three to five seconds? There are different ways, right? And relationship is also an investment. If you want good turnouts of this relationship, then he needs to for anyone, right? We all need to put in some kind of investment of our time. And I think this is pretty easy communication on the daily, a few seconds. I think that's pretty doable. But I think that also shows problem solving. Can we work through a solution together? Right. That's another good one. Or like, does someone just say, well, I don't like to text. Tough luck. It's the setting people up for success versus watching people fail. (laughs) Yes, that's the difference in this mentality. And I think a lot of times in dating, it's like we just watch people and then we passively judge them and say, I don't like the way they live their life. I don't like their behavior, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm just passively judging because dating is like a pageant. I'm just going to judge. So they know my unwritten rules that I haven't communicated at all that are living in my head. Of course. How do they not know this? How could they not (laughs) know this? How is it possible that they don't live their life exactly the way I do? How's 
possible. I think you bring up a really good point, UA, though. It's like with this whole red flag combo, I don't think any of us are saying that you shouldn't look out for red flags because, you know, things that are actually problematic in a relationship, I don't think we should all walk like around completely naive that everyone has like 100% pure intentions. But I do think it's not just trying to set people up for failure. How do we set them up for success and then use that information? I'm kind of pulling from what you said, Janice, earlier, like hear what they're actually saying when they respond to you. And then you have more data. And that's how you can decide if it's a red flag or not. No, totally. And Janice, being an entrepreneur yourself, going through this engagement that ended, and now intentional dating, what is your biggest challenge that you're facing right now? I think guys are timid when they know that you're like a business owner, entrepreneur for like the last decade or whatever. Like it's not like I started just yesterday, right? Like, so I see that. And I think that affects the way they behave around me. For example, if they're usually more open and more relaxed on the first date, but with me, it would be more like cautious or like, you know, it's, it's very different. They're not really themselves. I mean, but it's not my problem to coach them through this, right? Be like, hey, I'm still... Like very down to earth, like don't worry or whatever. But I think that's the big challenge here is they don't really do what they normally would do. They're not really themselves. That's interesting. Mm. I agree. It's not your kind of world to coach them, but maybe let's reframe it is that you're trying to connect with some of these people, right? Mm -hmm. I love what we talked about earlier, this person that said, oh, your red flag is you work too much. And what we uncovered is this deeper need maybe for connection or a fear that you're not going to be around enough. Is there ways that you can also get curious with these people too and kind of try to understand like where they're coming from and what they're, I don't want to use the word red flags, we're trying not to, but like what what their hesitations may be, maybe is a good way to put it. Like I used to be a behavioral therapist, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm very open to other people's like suggestions, feelings, anything, Mm -hmm. but they need to be bring it up to me. I would usually ask a question like, you know, how do you feel about that? But I would never go and become a therapist and start like leading them through things because it becomes a habit. If I do that, then I'm, I'm setting up the roadmap for our future relationship is every time something is wrong, I have to be the one to go through it with them. I have to become a therapist pretty much. So I leave that to the man to come to me. And if they have something, then we talk. And if they express that, then we work through it. But if they don't express it and go to their friends and talk about it, I'm not going to go approach them and say, hey, I heard this and that because that's that's not my thing. I wonder if there's some sort of limiting belief here, though, that men are intimidated by female entrepreneurs and therefore they can't really step up when we go on dates and it's really up to them to step up or express themselves. I wonder if it's just a self-fulfilling process prophecy in some ways that you're thinking this and then you keep attracting this. I mean, obviously I'm talking about like challenges. So these are the challenges, but I've also had really good ones who are really themselves and really at ease. But the challenges would be, yeah, if I had any challenges, it would be this. It would be that they're intimidated and they become timid because they do tell their friends and it does come back to me. So that's that. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. 
This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning dream THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now that we talked about it a little earlier that you listen a lot more to what they say when you're on dates, what other things are you kind of maybe aware of more now, given your past situation and your current challenges and where you want to go? I don't want to be analyzing people on the first day or first few dates. You know, looking for things like I'm an investigator. I don't like that. I like to have fun and relax and just really form a connection. So there are things that I actually look for. Number one thing is how comfortable they are with themselves. 
So how they are with themselves, as in when they talk about their childhood growing up, and also how where they're at now. You know, past mistakes if they've already released it and only focus on the now and future, or are they still like just thinking about the past over and over? And that's kind of like trapping them from moving forward in the future. So that's something that is a little bit tough to work with because it's a lot of their personality and how they are. But that that's another topic. So I look for that. You know, I like people who are really comfortable at ease. With themselves, confident、mm-hmm. is another thing. Empathy is a huge thing. There's so many things, and the guys that I'm dating now is like that. So I'm very happy. You know what I love about what you just said is a lot of times when people are burned by red flags, they'll say or deal breakers, whatever we want to define it as, they'll say, "I never want someone that's not emotionally available." But you flipped it、mm-hmm. to positive qualities, and I think that's actually really important to point out because. You basically took your situation where you overlook some pretty serious things, and instead of coming out jaded and upset, guarded, and all the things, you looked at what are the qualities that are important, so this doesn't happen again. So I applaud、yeah. you for that. Want to point that out?、Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that if another guy all of a sudden like yells at somebody or whatever, I'm not like triggered. Oh, totally. I- <laughs> <laughs> kind of see that too, right? Like if there are stressful situations, how do they handle it? Like EQ to me is the most important thing to me, sometimes more than IQ. Okay, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I think we can all say that's true. <laughs> you can't read your book through a relationship, but you know. My ex used to say this. He was like, "You want someone with high EQ? I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen." He said,、uh, "You want someone with high IQ and EQ because he's really smart and intelligent." So he's trying to tell me that you can only pick one, and then with him, like obviously it's IQ. So he wanted me to give up on the emotional intelligence, which is not going to happen. Yeah, I think that is the red flag here for all of us to listen to. It's the unwillingness to let go of who you think you are. And I've given this example with my current relationship. In the beginning of our relationship. I was trying to hold on to the independent woman. Don't need no man. I don't need to sleep over, and I don't need to give in to someone else. And I wasn't really into sleepovers. And he's like, I really like waking up next to you, and you can hold on to your identity as an independent woman. But if we want to be in a relationship together, would you be willing to shed a little bit of that, or to morph that identity into one of a couple? And that was very eye-opening. For me, because I realized I had been holding on to who I was and the way I like to do things as a way of control and protection, that was a red flag that we were willing to work on together. This red flag makes a lot of sense to me. Not even their behavior, but their mindset of not willing to let go of who they think they are. Yeah, exactly. Because it's safer to stay uncomfortable than to change and be in a new environment that they have no idea what it's going to be like. But kudos to your boyfriend, Yue. They could even say that. I feel like most people would just be like, "Oh, it's not going my way. Red flag. I'm out." The fact that you just needed the awareness. Yeah, so many people probably in dating just need the awareness. You know, we always question why there's so many people that just. Can't find each other. I really think it comes down to you know a lot of times not giving the benefit of the doubt to good people and、yeah. letting them know how to make you happy essentially, and just writing them off. And oftentimes, actually, not writing off the wrong people. Like we tend to like justify、mm-hmm. behavior for people that actually probably have way deeper red flags than things we could just communicate and have a conversation about. That's very true. Why do we do that? <laughs> 
<sighs> Why do we do that? Because we want to be an agent of change. We want to be able to change this person and say, yes, they may be wrong for me, but I think I can make them right for me. <laughs> then we tolerate bad behavior. I don't know that I'm speaking for myself, though. Or you feel like, oh, my God, we love him much. And he did this for me. He did this change. So he must love me so much kind of thing. My theory is I think some of the most toxic people are the most charismatic people. Yeah. And it's actually the people that are maybe not given the chance because they're like, oh, the red flag is they're awkward or they're something like those are people actually that probably could just hear what you're saying and be like, yep, I can like adjust this and make it work. We tend to be drawn to certain people. And I'm sure there's charismatic people out there that are not filled with red <laughs> flags. Don't want to stereotype, but all the people that come to mind for me that were ridden with red flags, you would never see it because they were likable. They were people that you wanted to like, they were who you envision yourself with on paper. Yes. And they're good at gaslighting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you bring up an issue, it's not their issue, it's your issue. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge deal breaker, in my opinion. Or <laughs> issue, you probably made them do it. So then they did it because of you. Ah, yes. Pushing the responsibility. I think it all comes down to your own emotional intelligence as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like we say that we want someone super intelligent emotionally, but we're not if we can't have these conversations or, you know, we're just assuming that whatever they're saying that we did is actually on us, right? So I think think having that growth inside of you is how you could actually start to see people for who they are and look at what's a real red flag versus maybe something that just needs further discussion. Janice, for anyone who is in your position that you were in right before you ended this engagement, they're kind of, you know, a few years <laughs> maybe into this relationship, madly in love, want to make it work, seeing these red flags. What advice would you give to this person? You know, when you said this, I'm just thinking if if I were to tell myself back then, mm-hmm. you need to choose yourself and step out now because what's trapping you in the relationship is actually not love anymore. I would say it's an attachment. Mm-hmm. And we always want to help people. We always want to do good. I still believe in the good in people. So I do think that these people want to stay in a relationship to get them to back to a good point. Toxic relationships sometimes is like that. You remember all the good. You remember, all, you think of all the good things in the beginning or how good they could be. Yes. They were once were. And, but you're looking at this changed person or maybe original person that you just discovered, this new person. And you're thinking, I just have to do all these things right to get them back to where they were before. You're not going to because there's no one that can help them more than they can help themselves. And if they're unwilling... You have to choose yourself, walk away. If they come back, only take them back if they've changed. Mm-hmm. I am just really glad that I was able to walk out of that. And I honestly, at the time, I was thinking, what have I done with my life? I am in my 30s and I just broke off an engagement and I am I don't have kids or whatever. Like, what is my life going to like? What am I going to do? You know, but you are stronger than who you think you are. And you are definitely going to be able to make it. Trust me. I think that's really good for people to hear. Yeah. You know, I think people like a lot of times where we when we stay in bad situations, a lot of it comes down to the fact that we don't think we can do better. Or we don't think anyone mm-hmm. 
someone mm-hmm. else is out there. It's not really the person at the end of the day. It's our own internal relationship. And then the whole thing with, you know, I was telling you earlier about how when every time if we had a disagreement or he felt like I criticized him or whatever, even if I was not even talking about him, it was a very sensitive person in general. And so I always had to walk on eggshells. Mm. So if I said something, he would talk to other girls. And so anyway, later on, I found out after we were engaged that he was talking to several girls, took them out on dinner, on dates, whatever. <sighs> but what was I supposed to do? I was already engaged at the time. You have no idea, you guys. I was crying my eyes out. I was crying my eyes out in the office, in the little room by myself on the floor because I didn't have energy. Wow. No, I think that's such good words of wisdom. And I mean, there's so many takeaways from this conversation. I think one that you said, Janice, that stuck with me is that, you know, what's a red flag for you might not be for someone else. So some of it is subjective. And I think what's more important than the red flag is what boundary can you have in place? And then how do you see how that person reacts to it? So for instance, just thinking of one out loud, but like some people would say like, oh, they're not working right now. That's a red flag. Well, are they asking you for money, maybe that's a boundary. I will not give them money in the first month of knowing them or whatever, whatever you set. Or if I don't see progress in their work, them looking for a job, then that will be something that's more of a red flag. I think there's always, it's not black and white. I think we need to stop getting out of this black and white thinking. And even with like the real big red flags, like there's a lot out there that, you know, that I love this idea of like, how do we think about it as ones that actually will hurt my well being and the ability for us to have a relationship, that I think is such a good definition because we can reframe these as, okay, you know, they got a little triggered the other day. Mm -hmm. If I bring it up, what's the reaction? Do they keep doing things that are bringing us closer, finding solutions, trying to make it work, trying to make me feel good, all the hallmarks of a relationship? Or are they doing the exact opposite? Like, I think everything is reason to investigate further without obviously becoming the undercover cop or whoever on dates. Like I do think what you said (laughs) is really important to balance it. I know all this is easier said than done, but I loved what you said, Janice. I want to like bring this home with my takeaways is listen to what people are saying. Mm -hmm. Ask clarifying questions, ask follow-ups, and then you know in your gut when something feels off. I think a lot of us just choose to ignore that feeling. So really tune into how am I feeling with this person? Do I think something's a red flag because society told me it's a red flag or is it that I feel like actually that this is like really not going to be good for me long term? Those are two different feelings. And we really need to stop throwing around red flags all the time because I really think it actually minimizes the real mm-hmm. red flags. That's true. Yes. Because it becomes a judgment call. And the judgment call is the easy way out because you can just say, nope, I don't like that. Nope. You know, and then mm-hmm. it's an easier excuse. And I think in this day and age, daters tend to peace out when faster because we are on this hunt and also we think other better options out there waiting for me. Guess what? Every person you meet is going to have some sort of incompatibility with you that either you can work out or you can't. But nobody's going to be this perfect match right off the shelf for you. And we need to get in that mindset of like, we just need to give people more time. And Mm -hmm. same takeaway as you, Julie, it's the first step in any sort of dating is observing without judgment, neutral observing, and then taking back what are the events or behaviors that caused me to pause and it made me feel a certain way. Then examine why did you make you feel a certain way, then communicate that 
to the person you're dating. There's almost like a funnel of events that we skip in early dating because we just want to get into that relationship or we just want that person to like us back. But there is a process that we need to go through. I think the red flags do become deal breakers when, like you said, Janice, when the person's unwilling to walk towards you and to be empathetic, to open their minds to something that's different than what they've been thinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if they can't open their eyes up to another perspective, then they're not going to open themselves up to a relationship. And that's the ultimate sign of incompatibility. And you can move on from there. And then on the flip side of this is we often hear daters say, I don't see any red flags. This is too good to be true. I'm sure there's something wrong. Why am I not seeing any red flags? This is just too good. Well, for those of you who are in this situation, one, you're very lucky. (laughs) Count your blessings. And two, stop with the red flag hunt. Stop it. You know, there is no more need to capture the red flag. Really accept the person for how good they are meshing with you. Right. And instead of trying to find something wrong, work on your relationship and work on building an even stronger connection because you already have a great foundation. I actually think the only thing that you need to pay attention to is, you know, the whole point of a relationship is that you're a partnership, right? That you Mm -hmm. two are in this together. If anything that you see as a potential red flag, all you need to ask yourself is, is this getting in the way of us being a thriving? partnership like do they Mm -hmm. have my best interests in mind or like are they willing to work on whatever it is so we can thrive as a partnership like that is ultimately the only thing that matters like there could be so many red flags of you know the things that we think are important like someone has debt are they willing to get out of it to preserve us for our future like there's all this is all subjective in that way of how much does it come down to the common good of the two of you versus me versus you that to me is what the deal breaker is when someone's unwilling to look at us collectively as a whole and how their actions impact the relationship. Janice, any inspired words now that we've gone through this whole gamut of this conversation? Some words to the people who are just beginning to date. Don't rush. Never rush anything. Mm -hmm. Trust is built on consistency. I always use this example. It's kind of like a birdcage, but then the birdcage door is open. So the bird trusts that every time it comes back, the door is going to be open for it to go to the home. And the owner or whoever it is with the birdcage also trusts that the bird comes back. Mm. So trust is a consistency building kind of thing. Like it takes time. And so you can't really rush it. And people rush into relationship later like, oh, I got ghosted, whatever. There's no attachment. There's no trust. And they feel like they can just kind of do whatever they want. Everything's very superficial and surface level. Mm -hmm. Some people use it as an advantage, right? And then other people, maybe this is a small percentage, really are stressed out and they really can't get back to you. Some people have depression, can't even get out of bed. I mean, I'm not finding excuses for Caspers over here. But I'm just saying, well, yeah, (laughs) there are some reasons. But all in all, I think trust takes time. So don't rush your dates or dating process and, you know, have fun and still be yourself. You're out there to to have fun and be yourself and be open. Don't let these red flag deal breaker things. Is this guy gonna hurt me? Like all those things like guard you, then you're not really yourself Then you're not having mm-hmm. fun. And negative energies are gonna still be stuck with you. Yeah, give yourself a chance and give the people that you're dating a chance too. I love that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like yeah. trust takes time and consistency 
consistency takes time. And just like kind of a word for people not to beat themselves up if, you know, later on something is revealed to you. I would personally still rather give it my all and realize later on that, you know, maybe this was actually a deal breaker than just throwing up the red flag (laughs) sign right away and piecing out because at least it's showing that you're capable of having a human relationship. We know that everyone has red flags. And, you know, if you you can always leave, like you could choose yourself, like you were saying, Janice, like if something hits the point where it's not good for you, not good for your relationship, then you know, at least you saw it out. Yes. And at least be brave and try first. Yes. I I love that. Just giving yourself grace because I know so many of us go, why didn't I see that earlier? Why didn't I see that from the beginning? Well, you kind of have to go through with (laughs) the cycle of the relationship first to see that that was a red flag and learn from it so you don't do it again. But yeah, we need to live and learn first. Going in looking for the red flags versus reframing it to these are the positive traits I'm looking for now is so, so important because it really just changes the whole energy of how you're approaching dating. And it sucks to get hurt again. No one's denying that. But like, let's not assume we're going to get hurt before we even got hurt. Wonderful. Such an inspiring, uplifting conversation about red flags. I never thought we would get here. Never thought we'd hear that sentence ever. (laughs) Have you seen that SNL skit with Kristen Wiig? It's called Red Flags. And it's a perfume she wears. She wears a red dress and she walks into a room and it's like a commercial for red flag perfume. She's like, spray red flags. (laughs) And it goes into these different scenarios of how she's just a terrible person and then it's like <laughs> red flags <laughs> i Watch need it. to google the, look i need to up. look it's that up on funny. youtube right after this yeah it's too funny it's too funny i love her so much okay we're gonna wrap up this conversation thank you so much janice for telling us your story and telling us about what you've learned from your experience and your positive outlook on dating we need to hear these things the positivity is contagious and we need more of it and for all of our listeners Listeners, if you like to infuse more positivity into your life, give us a ratings and review in Apple Podcasts. That's a very positive platform for <laughs> us to share positive feedback, usually five stars and something nice. Just, you know, pay it forward with the positivity. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Being such a great guest. Thank you. So wrapping up this episode, stay The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.